And this is the Daily Autism Radio Show. We are Mark and Melissa, parents of autism. Uh, we have a child. His name is Cal. He is six. He just turned six. We have five other kids. Um, as many would say, neurotypical kids. There's, there's all this new verbiage coming out, and we got to get used to that too. But uh, Cal was diagnosed three years ago this month. Um, and so we've created this platform. You know, we started out with podcast and a bunch of social media content, which we can get to at dailyautism.com. And then from there, it just uh, expanded. And now we've added a radio show in. So it's been great to connect. We really did this because when we got into this, when Cal got the diagnosis, we sort of felt like there was this underground society of parents who had kids with autism. And we didn't really know how to connect and we didn't really know all the resources and there weren't a lot of conversations going on. You know, there was a few blogs here and there, but it was all very kind of cloak and dagger. It was behind behind the curtain. And so we just decided, let's tell our story and let's learn about other people's stories. Yeah, it was scary and lonely, and now we're all over the place now we're, sharing. <laughs> that's a good way to put it. We're all over the place. Again, dailyautism.com. We're going to get to uh, a lot today as um, every single Daily Autism radio show just flies by. First, thank you to our title sponsor, Warrior Mom. That's Tracy Slepsevic. She is the Warrior Mom, and the book is called Warrior Mom. You can get it at warriormom.org. This is Tracy's journey in healing her son with autism. Really a remarkable story, a guidebook for parents of autism, specifically moms. Although I can tell you any dad would get a lot out of this. Any grandparent, um, uh, you know, uh, uncle, aunt, anybody who has a relative and has a connection to autism. WarriorMom.org is how you can buy the book. And as well, Tracy is launching the Autism Health Summit coming to San Antonio in February a lot of parents, actually a lot of new parents to autism are going to be traveling out there. It's at a great resort. But uh, you're going to learn a lot about underlying conditions, environmental factors, and really just a good connection point for parents of autism. To get those tickets and more information, autismhealth.com is the website there, autismhealth.com. And again, we thank Tracy Slepsevic, the warrior mom. Okay, so August is one of those months for autism that I think we've all understand now again we're, 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 we haven't been doing this forever but three years i i always say three years with autism i always times it by two or three so i feel like we're almost a decade into this you learn quick because you don't have a choice right you know one year being a parent with autism i think is kind of like three years <laughs> it just right yeah you, you know have, you have a lot to learn yeah you stack it quick and and, and you, you got to move quick and um, so August, you know, is back to school month, really pretty much nationwide. Some, some states go in September, but Florida, the Gulf Coast specifically where we are, Pinellas County went back to school this week. Hillsborough's back this week or, or was back this past week. And back to school for parents of autism, specifically younger parents of autism, newer parents of autism, there's a lot of emotions. There's a lot to worry about. I, I know this past week, things going through my head from... You hear about eloping, the kid's just taking off. You know, is there door security? What's the ratio of parents, or I'm sorry, teachers and teachers' aides to students? You know, you can't have this. Some of these schools now, it's like one teacher and 35 kids. You can't do that in ASD classrooms. No, his classroom right now has eight. Um, they divided the first grade class, the first grade ASD class, into two classrooms because there was too many kids. Thank you. <laughs> I just want to throw that out. Thank you. Yeah. So I thought it was going to be five and five, but his class already has eight. And I think the other class has five. So who knows? But um, some of those kids can end up going to a blended class in the middle of the year. 
Cal's not ready for that. He's in an ASD class. But I really was surprised in kindergarten um, that he, well, so he was in an ASD class in kindergarten, but that's when I really saw like the whole school thing turn, you know, because he started in an ASD school that had a threes and fours program. So if your kid's just getting diagnosed and your kid's three, they have preschool classes um, at the public schools. The, the options. So here's, you know, I'm trying to find the. First off, we're very, um, we're very real. Some people have called us very real and raw about pod, uh, podcasting, about autism, <laughs> and, and on our podcast. But so there are growing opportunities in the public school system with autism. That said, I have to be realistic and say, you know, there are. Other opportunities, we're going to talk a little bit uh, about Lyft and the Lyft Academy and their phenomenal um, organization that has just moved up to Clearwater in a little bit. You really, this is, you know, this is what we try to tell to other parents. And I think it's, it, it's at some point, you know, it, it's hard for anyone who's not going through this to understand. And I understand that. While there are growing opportunities in the public school system, I think even more quickly, there are growing opportunities outside the public school system. I think eventually, you know, there's just going to be, and I hope, so many more opportunities nationwide like the Lyft Academy. Um, you know, right now, it's just there's just not enough. You know, there's just not enough nationwide. But I think at some point, that's kind of going to be an exclusive an exclusive thing that, that parents go to. And, and, and I'm not saying the public school systems, there are absolutely great teachers, teachers, aides, therapists there. But my goodness, if you look at the, the the rates here of prevalence, how could they keep up with it? it? It's it's just, you know, I'll go back to everything I was worrying about this week and, you know, the ratio and, oh my gosh, things like choking, you worry about bullying. I worry about, you know, security, not just security for the kids getting out, but what about people? I mean, gosh, we've read in the news in this country the last 10 or 15 years, people with bad intentions go into the schools to do oh, bad yeah. things. An ASD classroom Many are not going to know what to do in an emergency situation. They're not going to even understand that there's an emergency. Well, think where, of a fire drill. Yeah. Where's the special, you know, is there special training? Is there special security? So it's just all of this stuff. This is, you know, these are back to my, what I call my 2 a.m. ceiling fan thoughts. When my eyes roll open and I just look at the fan spinning and I go, oh my gosh, this is, I, my brain won't stop processing this stuff. So to parents out there this past week, we, we hear you, we feel you. We've gotten a lot of comments this week on Instagram and TikTok um, about this. I've seen some mothers heartbroken on TikTok, dropping off their kids. Not all sad tears, just just confusion tears. You know, just I don't, you know, you want to be with your child every day. Um, you know, somebody made, a, made an interesting point on social media the other day. They said, you know, I can drop off my dog at daycare and, and get on and see a camera of how my dog's doing. But my special needs son, I don't have access to do that. Why? I know. That's crazy. Yeah. It's yeah. interesting. It's an interesting topic. And um, it's stressful enough when you're taking your typical kid to school, you know, and then then you add ASD on top of it. And the level of stress is just mm. tears you up inside. Of all the worry, like you said, like I worry about bullying. Cal is in an ASD class, but then at recess, at gym, at lunch, he's with everyone. Yep. Um, and I, I've heard kids be mean to him before, and he takes it all in, and he's listening, and what he's going through in his head, and then not being able to express to us what's happening, hurts me. It, yeah, and it adds up for a lot of these kids. It's the wheelbarrow thing, right? They keep stacking everything in the wheelbarrow. 
It could be a week, it could be two weeks, it could be three months later. The wheelbarrow has accumulated so much of this stuff and it's so heavy and they have to dump it. Right. And they dump it. And, and as a, a lot of parents um, who have kids with autism know, that, that wheelbarrow, dump, wheelbarrow dump can be ugly. It can be ugly. It can be dangerous. It's hard to watch. It's sad. You know, it's, it's so, yeah, like you said, the, the, they're not processing these things of kind of like, you know, you, you, everyone had people in school. You'd kind of just roll your eyes and go, oh, that's just Bobby. That's just who he is. He's a jerk. Ignore him. You know, whatever. Right. Or that's just whatever. And, you know, gossip and everything. Yeah, these kids, they don't process it like that. You know, in their world, what they're seeing, we don't even understand how they're seeing what, how these other kids look like, what they sound like. You know, we don't even know. And, and a lot of times, too, you know, they, they'll take like a character from another part of their world. Could be something they've seen on YouTube or a TV show. And there's a lot of studies out there that they will replace that person that they're dealing with with a character. You know, so it could be somebody scary or threatening or whatever. And so that to them is very very, very scary right? and unsettling. It's, it's so much, you know, and so as parents, yeah, it's, you know, I think, you know, like with our other kids, our four older kids, it's, I mean, I, I can't even remember, but, but, you know, there's, there's always been times where it's like, oh, so-and-so said this to me today. I'm like, right. okay, yeah. whatever. And then it's over, right? It's just, it's over in a couple of days and the, either they're friends again or they ignore them or whatever. Or we were playing football at recess and this kid pushed me and then my friend pushed him, but, you know, it's whatever. But when it comes to the ASD, classes and the SD, the, the world of, of ASD and the teachers and the aides and everything and the therapist, you, you don't just get over it. You don't just brush it off. You know, you, you sit there and go, well, what else is happening? What, how could this continue? You know, is it going to get worse? Is this going to carry on? You know, do I need to call the teacher? It just, it's a lot. Well, even what he's processing in his own head. I mean, he doesn't even know how to be mean to somebody that like he, he's not, he can't do that. Right. You know what I mean, he right. wouldn't just be like, oh, I don't like that kid, whatever. That's not how he talks. Yeah. So if someone's saying that to him, not only is he like processing it and keeping it in, but he's keeping it in for a while. You know, like you said, the wheelbarrow. He yeah. doesn't understand. No, he's stacking it and stacking it. And then eventually, you know, you, you, everyone's tried to carry a wheelbarrow. It's too heavy. It just it just falls over to the side. It dumps over and spins around. It's ugly. And and and, and everything falls out of it. And you got to put it all back in. And you got it just... You know, I, I always, I, I, I had a boss once years ago, he talked to me about the wheelbarrow dump and I, I really understood, really hit home for me. Uh, you know, we were talking about just people getting along at work, I think, and, and stress and everything. And he was talking about the wheelbarrow. You know, you got to talk to people, you got to explain to people, you know, what you like, what you don't like, because if you keep stacking that wheelbarrow, it's just going to get ugly one day. And so I've kind of always remembered that. So, you know, now I kind of tell that to other parents of autism. Because we've got our own wheelbarrow. <laughs> That's the thing. You know, as the, as the kids, the children with autism are stacking their wheelbarrows, we're stacking ours. <laughs> you know, ours is getting heavy. Right. You know, because we're worried about all of this stuff. And um, it, really, it really gets to be, to be something. But I know, I know this can be a very uh, a week with high emotions. And again, some very positive, high hopes, uh, some very scary, especially if you're transitioning to a new grade, a new school. You know, a lot of these ASD teachers, you know, they, they come and go like other teachers do. And that's scary. What's my new teacher going to look like? What's and what I mean by look like is the relationship that they're going to have with your child. Right. You know, how's that getting drawn out? How is that, you know, relationship going to go? And is, is this teacher doing it because they really care about special needs or there was just a need that this school needed a special needs teacher and that person needed a job. So they showed up like I think about that, too. You know? Yeah, like what's your relationship with autism? Yeah. Do you yeah. really understand it? Yeah. 
Yeah, I will say um, Cal's in first grade, so he's he's been in like a preschool class, kindergarten, you know, and I think every year for me, I'm starting to understand the autism world more and not pushing him so much to what, where I want him to be. Like when he first started, started an autism class, I wanted so badly for him to be in a blended class. And then I was hoping for a gen ed class. And now I, now I just realize he's at, he's where he needs to be. Right. And I'm not pushing that anymore. Like, we'll just go step by step, day by day, year by year, you know? Right. So you kind of took some stuff out of your wheelbarrow by not having these crazy expectations of, oh, no, he has to be here by then. And if it doesn't happen, everyone's going to be upset. Yes. You know? And, well, I think we talked last week about, you know, that great quote about kids with autism. You got to meet them where they're at. And so now our expectations are really about what he can reasonably do and get to in a place that's healthy for him to do it. So no longer are we concerned with, you've got to keep up pace, first grade, second grade, third grade, fourth grade, and there's certain age expectations for those grades. But again, those are for typical kids. Right. You know, and so we have the, like we have those expectations for our other kids. If they started falling behind, we would not allow that to happen. There would be strict consequences and, and new scenarios that we would involve <laughs> to keep them going because right. they're, they're capable of doing that and they understand it. Uh, it's different with Cal, but it's also hard for parents like us who have had typical kids ahead of him to go, wait a minute, you know, what, what's really in the broad, you know, the broad scope of life, this big mountain that we're, this journey we're on. Okay. If he's in second grade, but he's at a third grade age, big deal. What What are we really, you know, what are we frustrated about in that scenario? You know? Yeah, so um, autistic children can be in school until they're 21. Right. As like a senior, you know. Yep. And, they can and, graduate at 21. And with uh, with therapists. And, and it's it's interesting, and we'll get to this in a minute, uh, of battles of getting therapists in schools when they're young does not seem to be an issue in high school. It seems like these therapists are almost more than welcome to come through the halls and be with their kids. It, it just... it. it, it and maybe it's maybe it's a podcast that we discussed this on, but there's just something there where it's just it seems to get a little bit easier as time goes on with that. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't. I guess I understand it, and I don't. But it's it is frustrating. Um, I also want to get to to an IEP here in a second because there's a lot of kids inevitably who went to school this week for the first time, and parents are uh, just not going to be really happy with the situation they're in, or or maybe just more concerned. I think too that's important for for educators to know it's this isn't like you know other kids it's like you know you're giving my kid too much homework and I'm unhappy about that because they play sports and when they come home they don't need to be doing two hours of homework these aren't the concerns of special needs parents you know this is really in the happiness thing this is like safety concerns um, sometimes mental health concerns. This this is like the real stuff, you know? Right. And you just said homework. And I'm thinking, oh, this is the first year he's really going to have homework. Because in kindergarten, I mean, you heard our other kids talk about Clever and Dreambox and Focus and all that. All these programs, yeah. yeah. He was supposed to log on in kindergarten. Yeah, no, that no. was not my concern. I'm not <laughs> logging on to any of that. Right. I don't right. even know the password. Right. <laughs> it, it, but it, this is probably the year I'm going to have to at least look at it. Yeah, it, you just, know? it just is so, you know, and, and maybe to newer teachers of ASD or special ed programs. You know, I just hope they're getting that that training. They deserve to have all the information of, listen, when these parents come to you, this is not, you know, because there are, I mean, we know parents who call the schools and complain about the, it's just ridiculous things about, typical, you know, they're typical kids. Right. These are kids without IEPs. I mean, they're fine to go to school and whatever. 
And I'm sure the teachers over time, they just roll their eyes. They're like, oh, gosh, Johnny's dad's calling again, complaining about, you know, whatever. But when it comes to the ASD and special needs, special ed, it these are these are people because we're one of them <laughs> that like lose sleep at night, are stressed out. Their blood pressure probably stays a little bit more elevated than these other parents over the course of time. They are legitimately concerned. We are concerned about the health and safety. You know, it's not to call and nitpick and complain. And I'm sure there's a maybe a little bit of that out there. But overall, that's not what this is about. Right. So Cal is going on his fourth year with an IEP. And I just want to say what I've learned, uh, what I just learned last year was in that IEP, it needs to describe your your son or daughter to a T. So so Cal has um, SIB, which is self-injuring behavior. So that needs to be written in his IEP. You got to be kidding. I have just that is the first time I just heard this SIB. Yeah. I mean, yeah, this is another acronym we have to learn. Oh, you just heard Sib, yeah. <laughs> I thought. Yeah, I know about, about the, the self harm, yeah. obviously, but but I I did not know that this was coded as Sib. Oh yeah. So. <laughs> oh boy, we gotta add this to the another three letters. ASD, ABA, RBT, IB. Oh my good, I'm going to do a full podcast on all of these acronyms and break it down. You should. I, well, I don't know how long the podcast will be at this point. It could go on for days. There's so many <laughs> Sib. Well, that might be a good thing for TikTok. Each video, bring it down. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyways, your like so they should be able to look at your IEP and see exactly who your child is. So eloping, fecal smearing, all of it. They should be able to see all of that in the IEP because that's what they need to watch for. Yeah. So somebody new that's never seen your child can look at the IEP and know exactly what your child needs. Uh, and real quick, something else on the IEP because a lot of parents have had this this specific question this week on social media. But before we get to that, I want to thank Krabby Bills, the original Krabby Bills on Indian Rocks Beach, one of our community partners, uh, a great family. They have built and maintained a remarkable business over 40 years. Um, longer than you've been on earth, Melissa, they have maintained this awesome business on Indian Rocks Beach, the original Krabby Bills. Unbelievable. Uh, we, we go there to unwind, to feel like, you know what, we want to feel sometimes that we're typical parents. Um, it's very hard keeping a marriage um, you know, not necessarily keeping a marriage, but, but to keep a marriage, uh, stress-free in general, but a special needs situation can, can really heighten that. So we try to get out, have some fun, blow off steam. And we love doing that in the environment of the original Krabby Bills, uh, fantastic food. They continue to win awards for their dining experience, for their seafood, great happy hour and live music every day at the loading dock. So that's the original Krabby Bills. Thank you for your partnership on Indian Rocks Beach. So the IEP thing is, you know, there are parents who go to school. Some parents, you get in this ASD program, and they don't really know about the IEP. They're like, oh, I'm having a meeting with the teachers. And so you sit down with the teachers. Sometimes it's on Zoom. Sometimes it's in person. And the teachers are like, hey, we think this, this, and this. And the parents, again, if you're new to this, you go, well, that sounds good. You know, and then, and then they're like, oh, yeah, and then I think we'll do this, too. And the parents are like, well, that's great. Yeah, I think, I think, I think Johnny, that'd be great for him. Right. And we'll work on reading and this, and, you know, it's fine. And then what you realize is, you know, that was kind of like what was best for the teachers to manage their day. This is what they thought was best for them for the workflow of the classroom. Right. But the IEP is supposed to be a customized document for your child. Again, this is very hard for the, the educators to, to get this down. Just <laughs> it's just not enough. But but you're, you, you've got this uh, right for this IEP. It's an individualized program. Should be customized to your child. 
if something's going on and you're not happy with it, you, you can call the school and say, we need to have another IEP meeting. I, we need to have another meeting. We have to negotiate this a little bit. There's some people that think once you get an IEP, that's the IEP for life through the public school system. Not the case. No. Not the case. So, um, you know, I think uh, we, we, we've been there. We've, we've gone down that road. Is it intimidating? Sure. Is it stressful? Well, yeah, it should be. I mean, it's, it's you know, you're dealing with your child, nothing more important, important on earth. And, um, you know, there are advocates available. Um, there's attorneys available, special needs attorneys in many places. So those are all opportunities. There's organizations available. And again, there's, there's social media groups that you might be able to get some tips and things like that. I would also say don't discount the school board, although many are relatively boring and vanilla and bland and don't do a lot. But don't, you know, try. Don't discount the superintendent. They're paid big money. Go look up what your local superintendent makes every year. Big money. Um, and I th- then with I think ours here is about a quarter of a million dollars a year um, to be the superintendent. Let's let's <clears throat> allow them to do their job because we're you know when you pay your property taxes, we're also funding these people. So let's let's let, let's make it easy for them to do their job. Um, well, and the ASD programs have their own ESD department. Yeah, you know. Yep, that's a good point. So you can maybe that's the place to start if you if you got to get out of the local people, the teachers and principal. I I think you can get a lot done with the local teachers and principal. Probably not in one meeting uh, or one phone call. Certainly not one email. But um, I, I think you can, if you start there, you can have some productive conversations. Hopefully, but um, you know, I just there's a lot of parents this time of year who over the next couple of weeks are just going to become unsettled. And, and how this starts is we've been through this, right? It's you're sitting at the dinner table or you're sitting at the kitchen counter. And one of the parents will say, you know, I just don't have a good feeling about what's going on at school because of ABC, X, you know, whatever it is. Right. And the other parent's going to go, really? Well, I don't know. I just give it, a, this is, you know, it's new. Let's give it some time. And then what happens is in another week, the parent goes, nope, that's it. I'm done. <laughs> and it's time to get to action. So, right. um, so again, those are places to start. You can always ask for an IEP. Um, you know, you can always ask for a meeting. And like I said, there's some of those organizations and, and, and people that are out there. I, I would not either discount going to social media and asking a question. Hey, does anybody know anybody who's going through this that you could connect me with? And you would be shocked at the people out there on social media. I've been shocked over the last couple of years that are willing to not even just have like a message exchange with you, but would even say, send me your email or give me your number. I'll call you and I'll share with you what you can do, what I did or, or this person that I know that can help you. I've talked to strangers on this journey. You've had I mean, strangers call you from other time zones. I'm like, who are you talking to? And you'll say some name. Who's that? Because <laughs> I hear you talking about cow. And I'm like, but when you need help, I mean, yeah. it's it's nice to have uh, someone's professional opinion or someone that's been through it. And this is a journey, and every year is going to be different. You know, there's veterans of uh, uh, of war who you know obviously deserve our highest respect and honor. And I kind of look at this as you know. You become a veteran at some point, you know, you become a veteran and you've just done this. And again, it doesn't have to take that long because, you know, we're three years into this, but I feel like we've been doing this a long time. And, um, but I, I feel like you almost become a veteran of this. And when other people come around the corner who are new recruits, new recruits to being a parent's Watson, man, you gotta, you gotta lower your shoulder down so that they can put their hand on it. And, and, and you can help them walk and get through the, wherever you're trying, whatever river you're trying to cross, you know, 
trying to think of like war analogies, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, veterans. And you stuff, do but. need help on this journey, though. I mean, and and it, it does help to have someone's advice that's been through it. Yeah. So that is, um, you know, that is kind of what we wanted to touch on here early on in the segment of really just school back the, the wide range of emotions and all perspectives from teachers and the, you know, the administration and the, and the county or the city, wherever you go to school and then the parents, but, but then your friends and your network and, and you might have to build a network. You know, like I said, we may have to ask some questions on social media. There's nothing more, in my opinion, there's nothing more worthwhile than asking a question on social media when you just really need the help. It's okay to say, I need help. Here's my question. Will somebody please message me, get in my DMs, jump in my inbox and tell me where I can go, what I can do, or would you tag somebody that can help me? I'm telling you in this special needs world, people will connect you. And I mean, when people do it to me, I'm like thrilled to reach out to people. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm, I want to help you. I don't know if I can, but I know I'm going to try. Right. You know, I'm not just going to go on about my day knowing that there's some dad in Nebraska who's freaking out because of this and I might be able to help. Him. I'm going to help him. I'll jump on a call with you for 10 minutes. Yeah. I will say the only thing that's made me feel comfortable this week, this past week is having Cal's therapist in the school. Otherwise I would be freaking out. Which was a battle in itself. Yeah. That that was kind of a world war three scenario that we had to go through. Um, we had to actually pull him out of school while we were going through this. That's how contentious this got. And it's got very personal. It got yeah. very personal, way more personal than it had to be. And I'm not exonerating us from that. I think everybody, I mean, we were hot. They were hot. I mean, this was fire on fire. Yeah, that's the thing. If your kid's newly diagnosed and three, four, and you you haven't entered kindergarten yet, there's a whole different world that you're going to have to look into and learn about. That's right. And so, you know, I say that with, you know, if you have questions, reach out to us. Many of you do. We appreciate that. Dailyautism.com. And again, you can do that through social medias. Our emails are on there uh, and a wide array of other places to get a hold of us. LinkedIn, I'm very active on there with the, um, the, the Autism LinkedIn newsletter. So dailyautism.com. Share that. Resource that. Also, thank you to Fun Factory Sensory Gym. These people are amazing. Over 48,000 installs of these sensory gyms. Uh, they've been featured on NBC. You can go to funfactorysensorygym.com or again, link to them through Daily Autism. But they do such awesome work. They'll go into a home. They'll go into a therapy center. They'll go into a new business that wants to add uh, a portion of their business. They want to add a sensory gym. They really bring that outside experience inside, which is so important for the kids, obviously, but what a sense of well-being for the parents. I mean, how cool is this? But funfactorysensorygym.com, you've got to see some of the work they've done. I got to tell you, I mean, I've, I'm a big kid. Like, I'm, a, I'm still kind of a kid at heart. I'd like to have some of this for me. Like, this stuff's just fun. <laughs> you know what I mean? This yeah. stuff just looks cool. They do great work. They're great people. And we're proud to have them as partners. FunFactorySensoryGym.com. Again, uh, link on there. Check them out. Or you can link to them from our website, DailyAutism.com. So we've covered a lot of back to school and what to expect or maybe to expect the unexpected and then what you can do as it relates to your child with autism uh, going back to school. I want to touch on some other things that are really popular this week across social media as it relates to parents of autism. One of these things, too, is it, it's so funny. I brought this up on a LinkedIn post going back and forth with people. Uh, autism and haircuts. And then all of a sudden, the blood pressure 
just shoots through the roof, doesn't it? I mean, it's it's almost like those are fighting words, right? Autism and haircuts, especially with with younger kids. Uh, I did find it's really interesting. I did find some interesting products specifically. This is something I would never heard of. And, and Melissa, my wife, I mean, she's a hairstylist here in the Tampa Bay area, and we didn't even we didn't even know about this. But we have had just notoriously a really unbelievable time getting Cal's haircut. And we've tried it all. You know, you do it, you try to do it in the shower, you do it when they're sleeping, uh, you, you get three or four therapists to come. We've actually had three or four therapists, I'm trying to uh, remember, uh, three or four, but to come in and, and help him. Sometimes it's like okay, but mostly it's just really tough and, and it's a struggle for him and it's a stress for him. Um, there's been many times where it's like we got like a half a haircut or a third of a haircut. And uh, it's uh, it's quite a look, but you know, uh, with what you got to go through, you'll just kind of take it. If you can cut like even the front of his hair, but I did find um, I did find some some products and services, specifically one um, that I thought was really really interesting. It's got good reviews, and I was getting great feedback from parents on social media. This is called the Calming Clippers. The Calming Clippers, you can uh, resource that, look for that, search for it across social media. Uh, I know they're on Amazon, but it's a really interesting system. It comes with a cape because so many of the kids, they don't want that, that feeling of hair falling on their bare skin, their arms, their neck, or anything like that. But it's a 19-piece system. There's a two-year uh, money-back guarantee, so if it doesn't work out or if it breaks or malfunctions, two years, so that's pretty good. Um, but it's a no buzz silent system. And for so many of these kids that really, um, that's the problem. It's, it, it, it's the sound, it's the heavy vibration, the noise it makes, especially of course, you know, you're right there next to the ears and everything like that. So, uh, this may be something that is, uh, is effective for parents. I think it's worth trying as so many of these kids, have a real tough time with haircuts. And of course, so, you know, so many parents have a tough time with haircuts. There are some stylists who, um, you know, they, they, I don't know that they say they specialize in cutting kids' hair who have autism, but they have experience. I've, you know, for us, it's, it's, they're very long wait lists, obviously, because there's not a lot of stylists that do it. Sometimes you got to drive a long way. Of course, that's a challenge in itself. Uh, many times driving around child with autism, long distances. And then just the salon itself can be an intimidating place with the lights, the sounds, the other people, um, the type of furniture, all the mirrors sometimes are a problem. So um, I invite you to check that out. That might be something that is um, that is good for you, the calming clippers. And uh, that might be something that works very well for your family. Uh, and that said, maybe you'll you'll learn a new skill. Um, like I said, Melissa's already a hairstylist. I've tried. I'm going to be no good at this for sure. Um, but something to consider uh, and something that may make a difference. And just one of those things that so commonly gets overlooked as a parent of autism is haircuts. That is just a, a real sincere challenge. I also want to highlight, this is very important, the employment opportunities for young adults with autism. There is a great company that was founded in Canada. It's called Technology North. You can get information at technologynorth.net. This was a very interesting and meaningful story. The CEO, his name is Ling Huang, uh, he asked a very simple question years ago, a very simple question um, but it's a question that took him on a long journey 
and he has really implemented implemented a great program. But his question was this, what will my son's life look like after high school? And like I said, that took Ling on an eight-year journey of doing research. He created this technology and eventually now a program for autism employment. Again, it's technologynorth.net. But what they have provided, what they have created for um, these, these, well, they're not children anymore. They're young adults. An opportunity to be meaningfully employed, to generate money, to have purpose, um, to get guidance. It really has been absolutely remarkable getting to know Ling, the CEO, the story of his family, his son, Brian, and then this really great company that he created. You're going to be hearing a lot more about Technology North uh, all across our podcast platforms, radio shows, social media videos, and everywhere else we're at. But technologynorth.net. And I really want to encourage parents of autism to start thinking about, you know, especially, you know, people who have younger children like, like myself and Melissa and Cal, you know, he just turned six years old. You think 10, 12, uh, 14, 15 years, is it, come on, it's going to fly by. And, and this is a big question. Ling asked a big question. And whether we acknowledge that we're asking that to ourselves or not, we are. We are wanting to know what life could look like in 12, 15, 18 years. Uh, we also want to acknowledge um, that, you know, we're going to have to get to work and, and create opportunities. These opportunities are not going to create themselves. That's what Ling did in creating his company, technologynorth.net. We are appreciative of what he has created, excited to see uh, the growth of that company. And we'll have more from uh, Ling and his company in the many months to come. And another trending autism topic this week in social media, a lot of these programs for practice flights, um, we're talking about big jets, autism families struggle going on vacation as a family. And, you know, we're a family of seven. It's something that we've just never been able to do um, since Cal was born. And, uh, you know, it's something that's that's been a, a level of stress for our family, not particularly Cal. He's not generally really aware that we don't go on a vacation. Um, but it's for other siblings and, and the parents, us as well. You know, we, we do feel like um, that's something we've missed out on for, for many years. And so we would like to incorporate that if possible, maybe in the future, maybe not, but that's okay. Um, you know, we'll give it a shot. But these practice flight programs, which obviously all disappeared uh, during the pandemic, but so many of these airlines, the first one I, I found just for your search purposes was American Airlines. Um, and again, these, th- these are practice flights for special needs families. Um, the, the, the people who are guiding you through the process have been specially trained. And what they do is they take you from the whole step. So step A, driving to the airport, parking. They'll help you, uh, you know, where to get special parking, convenient parking. Then you go to the counter, what a check-in process looks like. There's a little bit of standing in line because obviously that happens. You know, understanding where to go for security, understanding where all the bathrooms are in your in your airport, the process of going through a security that could be intimidating as well. Then waiting to board, um, you know, getting in line to board. That's that's done in levels, but then they'll teach you the opportunities if you have a special needs son, how you're actually able, or son or daughter, are able to get you know uh, front of the line and board quicker and easier. And then what they do is they get you on the plane and they'll actually do a taxi. So they'll go down the runway as if they're going to take off, but the planes don't actually 
um, take off. So they do stay on the runway, but then they'll taxi back and then you'll do the whole deboarding and you'll get off the uh, deplaning. So you'll, you'll deplane, you know, you'll wait for your luggage. And it's just really a neat opportunity if you think your child and, and maybe other siblings are ready to try that out without having to make a financial commitment. They don't charge for these. At least most of these companies don't that we've researched. Um, but again, you can start with American Airlines. They look they, they have a very popular one, but it is not exclusive to American Airlines. Um, you know, you can Google autism practice flights and, and a variety of companies will show up. Uh, some airports actually uh, do this. It's not the individual airlines, but the airports themselves. So this is available. And, and I just wanted to share this because a lot of parents were sharing really great stories. And, you know, one side of this was some of the great stories were, Hey, we went, we have a child, you know, he's 10. We thought maybe he was ready, but we figured out he's not ready. It was just too overwhelming. Uh, I know one dad had actually messaged me and said they got halfway through once they got on the plane, once they fired up the engines, yeah, that was enough. And so they allowed them to get off the plane. And, but, but so the good thing about that was the family, you know, was able to save, you know, two, three, four, five thousand, whatever it was going to cost to fly wherever they were thinking about going and hotel and attractions and everything. So they were able to save that money and to understand that was not an experience for them and their child right now. And they wound up doing kind of a staycation where they lived and, and, and that worked out great, you know, avoiding, avoiding the plane. So, uh, it's not just about, you know, Hey, let's, let's practice and let's get my, my son or daughter coached up to take a flight. Let's just see if that's something that they're willing to expand and experience. And I think many times it's probably no, you know, it's, it's, you know, I think about the first time we've tried anything new with Cal, um, you know, our, our, our batting average is pretty low on the first time. Right. You know, so, but, but that's good. That's a good thing. And that said there, I read many stories where they couldn't believe how excited the child was, how they loved the experience and, and everything like that. So, um, I throw that out there because the autism practice flights are a program that was, there was really gaining a lot of steam and popularity. And then of course, coronavirus and, you know, they, they weren't doing anything on a plane that wasn't, you know, um, just besides the flight itself. And a lot of those were cut down. And then, of course, there were, you know, mandatory masks for a long time. And many of these kids, um, you know, won't wear a mask. How will not wear a mask? It, it was interesting at his at his school um, because, uh, you know, school resumed pretty quickly here in Florida. The ASD uh, rooms, the students were exempt from having to wear a mask. They just realized that that this wasn't something that was going to be able to happen. The teachers and staff did wear them, but not the um, not the students. So, but that program is back in full swing. It looks like it's growing even bigger than what it was before uh, coronavirus. And um, so, autism practice flights. That's where I began my search and and really found some pretty interesting opportunities. Some of these airlines too. They're, they're smaller airlines. So if you live in a smaller town and you may not have, let's say, an international airport, you know, within an hour from you or so. Some of these smaller uh, airlines and smaller airports also offer this because it's important to acknowledge that not everybody lives in a major metropolitan area, but your child should still have the opportunity to fly if you want to go on vacation, if you just want to travel regionally, and you don't have to go across the country, across the world. So um, I invite parents to research that, check that out. This could be just really a positive thing. Um, we're, we are not going to do that this year. It was kind of on our list uh, before the end of the year to, to try this. But I just, with, with so much going on, the changes in school, I just, I think with Cal, uh, we're going to be in a better place to do this next year. It's going to be, a, it, it's a hard 
yes for next year. It's a hard yes for next year. We're going to try this uh, because I would like to see if we could fly somewhere. And again, even if it's, you know, maybe to just another part of Florida where it's a it's a 40 minute flight or a 30 minute flight. I uh, would just like to see if we're able to do that. And then from there, you know, maybe piggyback on, a you know, an extra hour and see if we can jump up, you know, maybe to the mountains somewhere for the summer and get some cool mountain air in a cabin or something like that. So, but it all starts with, you know, the process of getting to the airport, going through the process of security, you know, checking bags, getting on the plane and, and, and all of that. So this seems to be working very well. And, you know, I think as the awareness grows and really the necessity to serve families uh, of autism, we're going to see more programs like this, more opportunities like this. And so what I say to the families of autism is this, things are happening the way we want. We've asked for more opportunity, um, whatever the word is that you want to use for us to be welcome into, into the circle. Um, so take advantage of it, you know, take advantage of it and, 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 and resource it because that's, we've been wanting this stuff, these opportunities so that our children can experience what there is to experience in, in, in not just our societies, but, but, but our life, um, you know, global travel for Cal would just be a dream come true. I would love for him to step foot in another country. It's just something I never imagined possible uh, after an autism diagnosis. You know, what would that look like? Um, but wow, international travel for him would just be so cool. I'd love to see that with him and his siblings. So a uh, great program for you to uh, research the autism practice flights. And again, your feedback is always welcome. Dailyautism.com dailyautism.com, whether it's our email, all of our social medias, we'd love to connect with you there, dailyautism.com. Also, thanks again to My Salon Suite in Largo, Florida, one of our community sponsors. Uh, they are a great company that has decided to support our platform, um, you know, decided to support dailyautism.com. We appreciate them. We appreciate their service to the community and their dedication to families with autism. We have been highlighting Kim Taylor, one of their premier stylists. You can reach out to Kim by messaging us so we can give you all of her information. Uh, you can do that through dailyautism.com. Uh, she is a seasoned veteran, uh, a color, a hair color expert in services men and women at my salon suite in Largo. Again, her name is Kim Taylor. So please uh, reach out to us through dailyautism.com and we would love to connect you with Kim at my salon suite in Largo, Florida. Like I mentioned, wanted to focus on some lifestyle opportunities for parents of autism, families of autism. Uh, for the last few minutes of the radio show, we talked about school, back to school and stuff at the beginning of the show. Uh, if you're just catching this, of course, you can um, find us at dailyautism.com, which will link you to all of our radio shows and podcasts for anything that you may have missed, as well as all of our social media sites as well, dailyautism.com. Sports is firing up. So baseball, we're getting closer and closer to the playoffs. Football season, NFL is now underway in preseason. Uh, college football is around the corner. Hockey isn't far away. And I wanted to talk about the emerging opportunity of sensory rooms in so many stadiums and arenas. Now, we're in the Tampa Bay area in Florida. And I got to tell you, the Rays had us out. The Tampa Bay Rays had us out. When we figured out that they had the sensory room, I was like, wow. Like, I had no idea. I had, I had heard of a sensory room at an arena, you know, something small, but not at a, not at a big stadium, you know, the Tropicana Field where the Tampa Bay Rays played. But they actually converted a suite, one of their suites, into a sensory room. 
And many of their fans and their kids with autism go and resource this. It's really, really cool. I, I would invite anybody, wherever you live, you know, to our local audience across the Gulf Coast of Florida, but to our national audience streaming across the country, you know, reach out to your arenas, your stadiums, and ask what the opportunities are for a sensory room, if they're there, if they're building one, or if they know what local attractions have them. And I say that because uh, I was doing some research. Uh, Atlanta, they have an unbelievable aquarium there, the Georgia Aquarium in Atlanta. Man, we used to live in Atlanta, and we would go. The uh, the beluga whale attraction there is like the best I've ever seen. I, you almost feel like you're in you're in another world. It's just so cool these beluga whales and the way that they design that space. But they have also designed a sensory room with Culture City, which is a great organization that have been helping out autism families for years and designing really cool experiences for the families. But they have a, um, a sensory room there at the Georgia Aquarium. And I mentioned that because Atlanta, you know, it's, uh, I believe, the biggest airport still in the country. A lot of travel goes through there. Uh, a big city, tons to do, great weather. So, you know, that might be a travel opportunity for you. But, you know, aquariums in general seem to have a lot of interest from, from families of autism. I know Cal is, you know, he's got his, his underwater life that he loves so much of sharks and fish and whales and everything like that. So that's definitely on our list. But, you know, it could be an aquarium closer to you. It could be uh, an aquarium or a zoo that they may not have a built-in sensory room, but what a lot of these places are doing, they're actually having special days or special parts of the day that are appealing to children with autism or anybody with sensory needs. So call and ask. You know, a lot of museums are doing this now. And like I said, baseball stadiums, um, there, There's I can't list them all here. I just don't have the time. But there's many across the country. Football stadiums. Uh, I believe the Philadelphia Eagles were um, kind of trailblazing this of saying, hey, you know, we want families of autism to come to a game together. And so what can we do to create that experience? And they did a remarkable job. They've, they've really trailblazed. Um, the, the opportunity to open up the space for families of autism to attend an event, a massive event, a popular event, a world-class event like an NFL game. Um, so check your local NFL stadiums, hockey, check those arenas in which they play. Um, and again, you know, zoos, I've seen zoos that have special um, special openings. Typically, this will be earlier in the morning. Um, so it's, it, it's much less people. It's cooler because it's earlier in the morning. And, um, you know, they obviously do that to keep the crowds down. Crowds can obviously be intimidating to kids with autism, the noise level and things like that. So many of these opportunities, you know, it's like, it's like we mentioned before, the awareness is coming around. I mean, the positivity in the messages are a lot of companies, brand, experience makers, they're setting the table. They're, they're starting to move in the right direction. Is it perfect? Absolutely not. But my goodness, it's just not going to be perfect overnight, but it's moving in the right direction. I mean, look what we've talked about today. You know, people who make uh, hair clippers and they've created this 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 haircutting system for children with autism. And it's the way it's working. A lot of parents are saying great things. Um, the airlines, the, the autism practice flights and sports leagues and arenas and entertainment complexes building in, you know, all of these aspects for for sensory. And so it's just really so cool to see all this. But but my message to the parents are research. You've got to do your research because there's a lot of things out there and there's a lot of things emerging and the, uh, things that are coming soon for you and your family. But research it and take advantage of it so that we can we can, you know, kind of spill out into society a little more and enjoy 
um, which so many others have been enjoying for a long time. Uh, our opportunity seems to be uh, closer to now than ever before, and I think that's a great thing. I think that's a message of positivity and, and hope. I want to talk about the Lyft Academy and the awesome experience that Lyft gives to families, and specifically the families of autism. You know, Lyft has opened their new campus in Clearwater, Florida. This is an absolutely stunning building. I hate to say building because it's just an absolute experience. They are enrolling now. Um, their new campus, like I said, opening this fall, That it is, it is ready to go. Lyft's number, 727 258 7659 and you can get info on Lyft at their website liftfl.org that's liftfl.org again their brand new campus uh, which is ready to go this fall you know what I love so much about Lyft and I want people to, to, to really understand is that um, so many of the Lyft students are on scholarships and um, there's very generous scholarship opportunities. Actually, the number is 95%. More than 95% of Lyft students are using uh, scholarships. Lyft will walk you through the process to see if your child is eligible. Again, liftfl.org. This is a, a brand new campus. They have thought of everything. Um, this, is, this is, to me, kind of the Taj Mahal of uh, an education, a place of education for children with, with autism. They say is, uh, their vision is a world where independence is possible for the neurodiverse. I love that. And it really, I think it talks to a lot of parents of autism. So again, liftfl.org, their new campus is open. Remember, 95% of their students are using scholarships. You can call Lyft at 727-258-7659. As we wind down another week of the Daily Autism Radio Show, I want to thank everybody who has reached out to us, our community partners, which continue to grow, just showing the undying support for families of autism. And whether you're a business or organization that directly serves families of autism, or you're a business or organization that just wants to stand up, step out and say, hey, we are here to support the families of autism and the children. Uh, who have been diagnosed with autism. We appreciate you. We hear you very loud, and we thank you very much. Again, we're online 24-7 at dailyautism.com with our our very uh, extended menu of social media and hundreds and hundreds of podcasts. We'll see you online at dailyautism.com.